Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 70 of UFO Encounters Worldwide. This is your host, Jesse Peek, MUFON field investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. And today's episode is sponsored by Set Up Heart Farms. They are helping veterans and their families with housing, therapy, and healing, and so much more. Today, we have very special guests. We have Amy, also known as Alien Girl 111, from her famous YouTube show, where she does news and commentary about the field of ufology. So, she was one of the very first person to have me on her show, and now I get to bring it back and have her on my show. So, this should be a great time. So, with that being said, strap on your seatbelts. We're going for a ride. Welcome to episode 70 of UFO Encounters Worldwide. This is your host, Jesse Peek, MUFON field investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. And today's episode is sponsored by Set Apart Farms. They're helping veterans and their families with housing, therapy, and so much more. So please check them out at setapartfarms.org. Today, we're here with our special guest, Alien Girl 111, Amy. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. This is exciting. Yes, it is. Uh, I put in the intro, you know, it was a long time ago when I first got in the field, or publicly anyway, you had you were one of the people that had me on your show first. So it's pretty cool. And now I can have you on mine. <laughs> I know, right? It's just crazy to think of all the things that have happened. And you and I have just been keep making podcasts, keep going at it. Um, and it's just super exciting. It's super exciting. We started at an exciting time um we were just talking a little bit before about how how there was this giant wave of podcasters that came up during that time yeah and how you know some of them have really quit like there was a big purge <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's true though there was a purging of all the podcasters <laughs> yeah a lot we of, survived yes we, we did survived. we're still going strong here that's right <laughs> plan on keep going too so exactly. I wanted exactly. to hear your, your, like, how did you get involved in the field of ufology? I don't think I've ever asked you that question before. I think it's always just been in me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you get that question asked a lot. Like, there was just a couple different moments, especially from childhood. Um, I would say the first one was probably seeing the alien autopsy factor fiction back in, like, 1996. Uh, I can't remember a specific date, but it was around there. And it's interesting because in John Greenwald's book, uh, just the Black Vault, I think it's one, or Beyond the Black Vault, yes. he talks about how that's something that also inspired him as well was the the alien autopsy factor fiction documentary. And whether it was fake or not, a lot of people were inspired by that to get into it. A lot of it, a lot of people were intrigued by it. And, you know, grew up kind of seeing, seeing that kind of stuff. And it made me think, man, man maybe that's real. Uh, fast forward a little bit longer. You know, the Phoenix Lights had an impact on me when I was about 13 years old. A lot of these mainstream media, right, is where I got exposed to it from an early age. And then as I got into it, I really just thought it was, well, it was funny. It was a little wacky. Some of it really rang true, especially in talking about like MUFON, right? Because and I don't remember how that that all unveiled, but a lot of the intensity of it around YouTube happened in 2013 when I saw a triangular craft near my home. Was it human? Maybe. Was it extraterrestrial? Maybe. Was it back engineered extraterrestrial craft? Most likely. And, <laughs> and I just was blown away by seeing it. And everybody I told didn't, I was, I was just dismissed so quickly. Now you're from Roswell, and right? I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. So I'm three hours from Roswell, but I have friends who've grown up in Roswell currently, um, getting in communication with Proctor's, the, the rancher. Okay. I'm getting in communication with his, his, uh, his children who are now like in their nineties. So I'm trying to get them on the record just that to put it cool. out there, you know, in the time that we're in, just turn on your phone, have them start talking about it and I'll upload it on the channel. And that's, that's what I've been doing. That's, that's um, awesome. 
Yes, because you know, this work, this work feels fruitless sometimes. And yeah, we know yeah. the government's not going to give us the information we want. And, you know, unfortunately, that leaves it up to private citizens to do these investigations. Absolutely. So, and yeah. I know there's a lot of dead ends, a lot of different rabbit holes to go down, a lot of different things to follow. And it can be a lot sometimes, you know, it can be. And, you know, we do reach dead ends, but then there are some good things that come out of things. Even if, like you said, the alien autopsy, even if it's fact or fiction, it's still got people's attention and, and brought them to the field of ufology. Yeah, you know, and it's a bigger question to ufology, which is the extraterrestrial question, right? Which I think is what's really pertinent. Like there's, you know, people get too caught up on the fakes. If it's fake, move on, get over it. Like it's fake, okay? Right. Like no reason to harp on it. It's a fake, it's a fake. Let's find every person who said it was real. Like just let it go. Because if that's what you're going at when you get into ufology and trying to talk about it, you're going to be severely severely disappointed but i think if people keep an open mind and they they're very excited and and open uh to finding those stories that really trigger them to move forward uh that's that's what leads me and and, and it's a broader question which is for me the extraterrestrial question and is there intelligent life somewhere in the universe and i i just i just feel it I feel like there is. I agree. And I think a lot of people feel, yes, you see, you feel that way. I think a lot of people just, they feel it. We just, we just know. And I think, um, I think that's just important to talk about a lot, even if it feels like nobody, nobody sees it because it's, it's transformative. It can, the thought that there's people out there just like you and me having these conversations could trans, it could transform like in their extraterrestrials. Right. Right. ET, just like us, we can't contact them. They don't have the technology to contact us. We can't get in contact with them, but they're out there thinking the exact same thing that we're thinking right now. And that thought drives me mad <laughs> <laughs> that there's other possible entities deep out, deep out there into space who are looking for us as much as we're looking for them. Um, and then we just got it. Like, I don't know. It's the weirdest thought I get caught up in a lot them looking for us and us looking for them and having almost be like this impossible thing to find each other. Yeah. That, yeah. That's absolutely true. Now, do you think that, you know, they were ever here at one point in time? You ever had just on personal opinion, you know, I believe that this, it's a possibility, you know, that maybe they're here now underground under the water or they come and visit us sometimes. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think what really hit me hard was it comes back to ancient aliens when they talk about, I think it's the Dungal tribe, D-O-N-G-A-L, I believe, I'm Googling it as we speak, but basically there was this tribe and they were able to have some symbolism and some story and, and on the other side of the world, a different indigenous uh, tribe that has no connection to this other tribe on the exact same side of the world has like the same symbology. There's something with the symbols. And there's also like some very raw um, cycles of things that have been, um, I guess, introduced to us or we've inherited from like ancient knowledge. And I do think there's definitely been some destruction of ancient civilization because Science has told us that we've been here for 10,000 years, yet it, it feels like we can only track around, you know, we kind of know between zero and a thousand, but when we get to like 2000 BC, 3000 BC, things start to look a little shaky, right? right. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that leaves 7,000 years of who knows what happened. Then we take in the flood, the biblical flood that it has evidence, has physical evidence, scientists, archeologists, all sorts of people have looked at a certain period in time that happened during to what, when they backtrack it on the Bible is said to happen in like the great flood area. So it didn't flood the whole earth, this great flood that happened during that time, but it did flood a big, a big vast majority of the country of Jerusalem and all those other countries around it um and so that was very real which which in some ways is already a civilization that's been destroyed and another rebuilt yeah and 
And, and you know, they always said that with the Mayan culture, when the Mayans, when the when the Spanish conquistadors were coming in to conquer the Mayan, the Mayans, they went to the libraries first and they burned down the libraries. Because that's where the that's where the ancient knowledge was. If you destroy the history of the past, you own all of the history and you're in control of all of the history. So something happened, in my own opinion, probably before 3000 BC, where there must have been some huge transit transition of power because something was lost and there's that one little trinket I don't know what it is but it's like really old and it's like this watch I'm sure you know what I'm talking about it's a watch or, you, or it's thing. like a it's like <clears throat> it's like a machine gear yeah that's the one they found, they found under the water it. right or we yes think I think so yeah it was in a shipwreck I remember this yeah <laughs> ancient aliens had this on it was supposed to be like the first computer of its time right yes Yes, and you see things like that, and you're like, we have no idea what's going on. Um, and then what's interesting is when you kind of get into it, you start looking at this this like ancient apocalypse show that they're they're going and they're reviewing, and just the weirdest things, the Bosnian pyramids. Those are active pyramids that took archaeologists a while. It took them a while to figure out that it was covered in trees. And that they were, it was literally the city had had become right at the base of this pyramid, and the pyramid looked just like a mountain. But then, when an archaeologist came in and looked at everything, they noticed that this was in fact an ancient pyramid structure that everyone had been living by for hundreds of years. Yes, overgrown. <laughs> they had somehow forgotten, like the citizens forgot that that was there. And that's the strangest thing because they should that should be in their history, but it wasn't, and they didn't know. So it's it's weird how that happens, ain't it? Like a whole a whole civilization is just covered up and gone and never to be thought of again until we find it in overgrowth of, of woods and, and leaves and there's a big pyramid under there, a city. Right. And there's tons of evidence. You know, there's tons of evidence. And a lot of this uh, also has to do with, you know, scientists being scared to be vulnerable in their community to discuss big questions like this because they get laughed at they lose funding they lose the possibility of in the future to have you know more funding and support for other research that they might want they can't just go become the indiana jones archaeologist right it's like let's right. go find the ancient alien skulls like no you're not going to get the funding to do the serious research that you want to do if that's what you're going to do but even without us not having serious funding around deep ancient lost civilizations the evidence just comes out and it's only little pieces of evidence and this is why it always takes a long time it's a piece of evidence here it's a piece of evidence there and one day you wake up and it's common knowledge for some reason yeah people have heard enough facts and it's suddenly common knowledge but up until they get enough evidence right and so there is that evidence of the polar ice the, the, the ice caps melted and then they found a sample or they found foliage from an, like a fossil they found a fossil and they were able to find like a jungle type plant there which would mean that you know Antarctica and all these ice covered polar areas had tropical regions at one point and if that's the case well we have no idea what's going on right <laughs> Yeah. And that's just another piece of it. And it just goes on and on and on. There's all this constant evidence that we had, we we don't know what happened before 3000 yeah. BC as much as we would like to. And see, I'm a big fan of, of Eric Von Daniken and uh, uh, mentioning them polar ice caps. He was one of, he was the one that found the map of Antarctica. And on that map, there was no ice, uh, no, ice no ice whatsoever, no snow. It was like a normal place with growth and, and vegetables and just like it would look in the United States. Um, but it was like the only map they ever found. And um, now it's all covered with ice. So it's like, was the entire climate different back then as well? And, you know, it's, it's the things that we don't know it. That's what intrigues us. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. 100%. And what's interesting about Eric von Daniken is how he posed questions just in his book and how controversial that was 
alone because people will go off about Eric Bodanikin. Well, he said this, he said that. And he always says, no, I just, I just asked the question. That's right. In my book. And you can't, you can't throw me out as a fraud just because I'm asking, you know, because that's not what my specific research is. I just see all, like, like I'm saying here, there's evidence. Look, yeah. here's the evidence. Could it be? Is that such a wrong thing to ask? And no, not and he at just all. gets shut down. Like, don't you dare ask. Like by everyone, he just gets so much, and it's it's just so interesting. I mean, um, that's what science is supposed yeah. to be about. We're supposed to be able to ask these questions, and it seems like the people today, like there's, I guess, still maybe that stigma. But it's like, why not research this stuff? There's good questions and good evidence for this. We should be looking into it. And Eric Von Daniken, as a citizen scientist, went out there and found all of this information. And it's like, all they did was give him a hard time, and very few people even wanted to look into it. It's shocking. Yeah, they, you know, people just, um, they really feel comfortable in their, in their belief systems. And it's, and it's what, you know, keeps them going all the time. And that's why you know, that term starseed is used in the community a lot. It's because, you know, people feel connected to this journey, to this connection and, and trying to find it. And even when you threaten, I would say, any sort of movement that makes people feel like, you know, they're moving into a direction that they, they want to spiritually, um, they're always coming across these roadblocks from people that, you know, you don't, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. But like, like I said, when we backtrack to what we were talking about, like we just, it's, it's the extraterrestrial question. It's looking through all the crap yep. <laughs> that we have to look through, which, you know, you know, you're collecting data through MUFON, you know, how difficult it can be to, you know, legitimize some of this stuff. Maybe it's easy for us to believe these people, right? Me and you, and we're, we're open-hearted, we're ready right. to listen, you know, but when we're trying to collect evidence to bring to the public, to convince the public, and not just to convince the, the public, to convince the skeptics in the ufology community, which are vast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the, the UFO skeptics are the freaking like gatekeepers of this. I don't even think the mainstream media cares as much as the UFO skeptics do. Yeah, like, sometimes they're the right? ones who are ready to like rip it apart. Like you say, you've met an alien or you've seen a UFO. They're on you. Yeah, it's, you know, it's swamp right gas. towards you. It's all swamp gas, you know. <laughs> yeah, they just go right for it. They can't wait to debunk it. Yeah, <laughs> we debunked, and then they have their little celebration, and that's right. It's like, that's cool, you know, but they always have to, that's why I always say to people, like, if, if you are someone who has met an extraterrestrial, because I used to do open experiencer lines, which I still do, you know, every once I throw that stream yard link out every once in a while. Um, but I kind of, I realized like deep into it, 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 I just don't feel as equipped as I would like to in terms of talking to people who've had experiences. So like to come out and say, I've met an extraterrestrial and stuff like that. I think it's really good to have a support group that you, you kind of lean on or maybe other people have had similar experiences because right. I, I just saw lights in the sky. Right. And I was, I was upset enough to, to go be incredibly vocal about it you know I like i just saw lights lights of the sky that that was it i can't imagine yeah i so mean many stories that's what i'm doing in mufon too i don't only just investigate the sightings but i'm on the ert which is the experiencer resource team so we're helping experiencers all the time that reach out for help um you know and we work with another uh, organization called opus where they deal with more of the paranormal with the ufo field um, so there are ones, but it's not like you would think like you can't just go to a, a, a UFO hospital or an experience or hospital like you do for a broken leg or something. It's it's hard to find these little places where you go to get help, too. So it can be hard for experiencers to get help, you know. Yeah, because you guys probably have a lot of people reaching out saying that they've, you know, met extraterrestrials been many. abducted. Many. How, is that common? Many. Many. Is that as common as a UFO sighting or do you guys get more UFO sightings? We get more UFO sightings, but um, because, you know, the ERT is, is kind of new, but it's been around for years. 
but people really didn't know about it until this past year, MUFON finally put it on the website where they can, people can report. So they knew where to go. Um, so it's kind of new, but it's starting to pick up to the point where it's almost as equal as the sighting reports, but just not there yet. Um, but there's all, every kind of story you can imagine, um, you know, ETs abducting them, going through walls, having dreams, um, you know, ETs being inside people's bodies. Um, I mean, it, it, it goes all over, you know, um, it's, it's pretty intense too, you know? Oh yeah. I think it's incredibly intense. I'm really excited because in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I'm at right now, talking with you guys, with you and all of your viewers, your listeners, right on all the hot major spot. platform streams. I'm impressed. You're on all pl platforms. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, but you know, so they're starting the National UFO Historical Record Center here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah, with David Marler. And I just, right. I just happened to live there. Yeah, David Marler. Happened to live here. I happen to live here too. You definitely gotta take advantage of that when they open up. Oh, <laughs> if it's open, I'm, I'm there. I'm like volunteering. <laughs> I think, I think they already know. I'm like begging. They're just like, let me do something there. Um, <laughs> but cool. when it opens, they really highly need to think about developing a physical archive of extraterrestrial materials for the scientific community to experiment because it doesn't exist. There is no citizen-based organization that has a collection of UFO materials. Like you go to these conferences, people are like, I got an implant. Right or here's a piece of a spaceship and then you got all these other people who are like well bring us the evidence well first you have to go through tons of testing second you have to have tons of money to get all of this information you got to get really good researchers who are interested in doing it and and you really have to you really have to figure out how it's going to be done but if you if you can't get the samples to compare we need comparisons between the samples, right? Exactly. We need to find out what's similar to all of these. We need the testimonies attached to these, these uh, samples. Um, this is critical. This, this is the turning point. Um, I'm very interested in getting closer to the aliens. I would love to do that. <laughs> so would your I would love to be able to get out in the field and actually go to these cases where there's actually landing sites, you know? Uh, MUFON has a star team, which is their like, strike force team that goes out there within 24 hours for those type of cases and i'm trying to be on that team but you have to be selected you know how cool would it be to be oh able that's to cool go out to those sites and, and get actual data and stuff like that and then have a place like you're talking about where it all goes so we can find the similarities and comparisons i mean that's where the real research is you know wait i'm in shock why have they not selected you i'm letting <laughs> everyone know i give a high highly Highly positive recommendation for Jesse Peak, <laughs> MUFON investigator, to be part of the Lightning Crew. Is that what it's called? It's uh, the the Star Team or the Strike the Star yeah, Team. Star Team. They better put you on it, man. You, yeah, I got I'm, all the equipment. I'm, I'm, I told them I was like, "Yo, let me be a part of the Star Team," you know. Yes, and I was yes, like, "I got dude. all the equipment." I was like, "Let me go do that." And uh, they're like, "Unfortunately, you got to be selected what? to do it." I was like, "Oh my god." So I got all this stuff here and I can't even use it yet, you know? Uh, well, well, we could we could just make a YouTube video and send it to them <laughs> and we could just explain, you know, have yeah, all right? of the people who listen to your show and all your friends get in there and <laughs> all are just like, you got to hire, you got to put them on the star team. It right? makes no sense. That would be it's awesome. ridiculous. We're just kidding. Move on. We're just kidding. We're just kidding. We understand. It's selective. Yep. <sighs> well, let's go ahead and take our break now. When we come back, I thought maybe we can get into some of the recent stuff that's going on. Maybe some Corey Good, maybe some John Ramirez comments, maybe some UFO uh, report yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, let's go take a break and we'll be back right after these commercial breaks. I'm absolutely honored to announce our new sponsor, Set Apart Farms. Set Apart Farms is helping veterans and their families find housing, get the therapy they need once they come back to civilian life, and help with their family healing. They also do so much more on the farms, helping them learn how to work with animals and helping with PTSD. 
If you'd like to go and see what they're about and give a donation, go to setapartfarms.org. They're the official sponsor of our show. UFO Encounters Worldwide has an official website for the podcast. You can go to ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com to go check out our website. There's articles on the UFO phenomenon. You could follow my travels, see where I've been, and what conferences are coming up. That's again, ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com. UFO Encounters Worldwide wants to hear from you. Have an experience or a sighting you want to share? Contact your host, Jesse Peak, at UFO Encounters Worldwide at gmail.com today. We're happy to announce that Project Bat Tech 404 is now the official sponsor of UFO Encounters Worldwide. Have you or someone you know had an electrical malfunction that's associated with the UFO sighting? Well, you can report that directly to Project Bat Tech 404, and one of our team members will reach out and help you through the case. Also, if you want to go check out our website, go to projectbattech404.wordpress.com. Again, that's projectbattech404.wordpress.com, the official sponsor of our show. This May is the MUFON PA Conference. I'll be speaking there with plenty of big-name UFO investigators and researchers. Get your tickets early for a special and even stay at the motel. There will be a free planetarium, free field investigator training, plus book signings, pictures, and more. I'll be there speaking and I hope to see you there. Remember, that's May for the Philadelphia MUFON Conference. Looking for some new swag? UFO Encounters Worldwide now has an official swag store. You can go to storefrontier.com slash UFO Encounters Worldwide. It'll take you directly to our new swag store where you can get hoodies, sweatpants, t-shirts, and more. Also, we also sell brand new stickers and pins. Just DM me anytime and we'll get you all set up. Again, for the official swag store, that's storefrontier.com slash UFO Encounters Worldwide. Welcome back to the second half of episode 70 with our special guest, Amy, Alien Girl 111. So, Let's start talking about some of the recent stuff going on. Um, I guess first we can get into the UFO report that has yet to come out, that might not come out, that may come out, who knows. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think we're going to get it? I think it's so weird that they've (laughs) just kind of kicked us in the butt. (sighs) I think it's so weird. And I think it's weird that that 20, that article came out in the New York Times saying that everything was airborne trash and they just misidentified everything. It kind of feels like they're just forgetting about it. And then they recently had a press conference this week with all of our favorites, Stephen Greenstreet, John Greenwald, a bunch of other people with Susan Susan Goff uh, at the Pentagon, like with a Pentagon press release. And it, it was all just very strange. The response was, no, it's not aliens. Nobody needs to worry. And it just appears, I mean, I read the, um, the fiscal year final draft for I think it was 2022, 2023, something like that. And that was interesting because they had changed some of the words from um, aerial to anomalous. Yeah, to include, that. What is up with that? Know, orbs. Yes, they switched that. They, anomalous. Yeah, it's because they want to include, you know, underwater USOs, above water, orb-like structures, whatever the heck it is. And the other interesting component. So that came out, that document was actually pretty pretty interesting um, because it listed the demands that a lot of the politicians like Burchett, Marco Rubio, and a lot of other people uh, have been pushing for because I do think that these citizens are 
uh, elected. I think these are citizens who are elected to be politicians. So we have politicians who are citizens that are completely in the dark. And so they produce this document and it basically says, we wanna know everything that happened from 1945 on. There's literally a section in this bill that says that they want a history of all of these UAPs from, from like 1945 on everything, which is fascinating because you have the atomic bomb, you have Roswell, you have Trinity, you have all that stuff going yeah. down right then. Yeah. And that's in a, that's in a, that's in a political bill. That's like, that's some of the politicians are coming out with. This isn't a sci-fi novel I picked up. This is yeah. them legitimately asking what was going on with UAP from 1945 to now? And we want all the information now. So the politicians want to know. They're sick of they're sick of it. You know, why why are we being hidden from these deep black projects? Sure, the American people know that we need hidden black operations. That's fine. Of course. We know that we need secrecy. That's fine. There's a lot of stuff that like okay like i'm not military genius expert at all far from very very minimal understanding of the military on some levels but i'm okay with giving up that trust to say you can have whatever the hell you want to have be secret but if in all of these secret findings you find that there are extraterrestrials anywhere microbial intelligent on jupiter far far away next door it is your duty as as an individual human being to tell people yeah <laughs> you know i mean these things are flying in our skies people are seeing them all the time i mean like people want to know what's flying over them it's, it kind of is a hazard too in some ways you know i mean you're you're on a you're on a big plane flying somewhere and these objects come up and you have some kind of malfunction with your electronics like i'm looking into now and then this thing flies away people deserve to know what that thing was you know yeah, especially if they know, yeah, you know, exactly. and, that, and it's all in the JFK files. I think Marilyn and him were hooking up and he was like, yeah, alien spaceships, babe. And then I think they <laughs> murdered her. It's my own personal opinion. I, I do believe Whatever. that. I do believe that something was definitely funny there and definitely leaning towards what you just said for sure. Um, something strange. There's something, something strange that. there. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, so besides the UFO reports, then I guess we can get to the next subject. Um, let's talk about, did you hear the uh, comments that John Ramirez is talking about in 2027? Oh, yeah, I did. They're coming back, I heard. Yeah, he's I stating heard aliens that. are coming back in 2027. Now, where did he get this information from? I guess he's known this all along, but now just saying something? I have no idea. Because John... <laughs> He really surprises us every other day, doesn't he? Yeah. You're like, here's this legit guy. He's a CIA retirement officer. And he's all like, we're all alien hybrids. And we're like, what the heck? Where did that come from? The fact that he has a specific date is what's most alarming. Because even in the video, he's like, in five years from now, he's like, actually, wait, no, I, I got to do the math because it's going to be 2023. So four years from now, in 2027, <laughs> the aliens are going to visit us. And you're like, what the heck? This has just become too much for me. Like, this is cool. I'm into it. I'm open to it. 2027. Got it. Heard you loud and clear. Cool. Um, mass panic. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It's we'll a, it blows my mind because the documentary he was in with me, uh, it was about the intelligence community and UFOs. And not one word of this came out in that documentary. So it's like, why didn't you bring it up then? That's what that was about. And now he's saying it now. So it's like, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get why. It's like he has he has a weird way of laying things out and slowly leaking stuff. And I just don't get it. Oh, it just screams pure disinformation to me at this point. I'm not going to lie. I <laughs> it's just, I just, I love what he's saying. And I think a lot of it's legitimate. Like, I do think we're alien hybrids and stuff. Um, but the fact that he had that CIA medal that he was just kind of like showing off and going on that one show unidentified celebrity review with Luis Jimenez and yeah. just being like, yeah, alien hybrids, that's what we are. That was interesting. Um, and now he's popping back up saying that now he's got a date, which is interesting That is because that is interesting. it depends on how we all piggyback on this because, um, 
you know, we like anticipation in the community. We like thinking something's about to happen. Um, and I do think, uh, gosh, I'm sorry to be this person, but I do think we have active disinformation agents in the ufology community who are constantly trying to control the narrative. I think we've had some players in the community who have become exhausted and I think they've lost their use. They've lost their sparkle. So I think they're moving on to like new disinformation agents to kind of like, I'm not saying John Ramirez is one of them, but he could be, he could be. I completely (laughs) agree with you with the disinformation agent thing. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that will fight you to the end on those stuff. And I mean, some big name people as well that I think we know are disinfo agents now, you know? Um, And I think that the government's always going to try to do that to confuse the public, just like they did with, um, what's his name? He did it to Bill Moore back in the day. Um, Richard Doty. I mean, he did the same thing. Richard Doty, right. Spreading the information that people are confusing what was real and what wasn't. Um, And that's, that's why Richard Doty is so important in these stories is because people like to think that disinformation agents don't exist. And Doty actively has, has has confirmed he he did go out of his way to kind of like change the narrative, not only um, to Paul Benowitz, but also in the news media. Yeah. Because um, he talked about Project Mockingbird, the control. And this is all stuff that I think also came out in the JFK file drop a couple of years ago. And maybe it wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. But I know Project Mockingbird came out. And we were able to prove that when the JFK assassination happened, a lot of those people were on the payroll for the CIA at major newspapers and major news stations. Wow. Um, yeah. And so the disinformation thing is real. It always has been. And we're in this amazing period of what is like citizen journalism. You know, we all can get on and talk about like what we think, what's going on, yada, 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 all of that. And that's so critical and important. And even now, as we speak, this is interesting. I have a TikTok about John Ramirez on my TikTok. And then I have that exact same clip on my Twitter. And everybody's been talking about, you know, um, free speech with Elon Musk and everything. And there is something, yep, I'm not too shocked about it. There is something I have noticed. So like, I posted this John Ramirez, it's this clip and it was awesome. It blew up, Jesse. It got like, I think it's at like 600 likes right now. And wow. it's got like, no, like a thousand likes and it's got like 50,000 views on Twitter, wow. right? Okay. The exact same video posted on TikTok. I'm looking at it right now. I posted it, oh, I don't know, 12 hours ago. And I posted the other thing 12 hours ago that's got 50,000 views on Twitter. The one on TikTok only has four. That's weird. Are they like shadow banning it? <laughs> like, you know? I, I think TikTok shadow bans a lot more things than um, Twitter. And it gives me hope that Twitter really can be uh, a place of free speech yeah. for the future. Because mm-hmm. all I'm doing is putting up a little clip of a guy saying the aliens are coming in 2027, you know? Right. But I think what triggered it was we better be prepared. There will be a lot of, no, I didn't even use the word mass panic there. The other one that you, I don't know, Never mind. I don't know how, but it, it, the, the point being is that there are social media platforms just, just in the case alone of, um, if we talk about big YouTube channels alone, like you've got Secure Team, you've got Third Base, you've got all these big UFO channels. At one point, they were able to be found YouTube searches um you would type up UFO and it would be all these all these really big UFO channels like UFO Anonymous, Sheila Aliens, Alien Addict all these people would just show up right when you typed in UFO and a day happened and it was the day that mainstream media infiltrated the YouTube algorithm because I don't blame secret evil forces I blame money because money we all need it we all need it you know, and if all you're evil. running the news station and you want the money from the UFO ads, you're dang well right. You're gonna make sure we're at the top of the top of the search, right? Just like the rest of us trying right. to get it out. Yeah, that's that's crazy. All the different cover-ups, yeah. it's just it goes very deep, and it's a shame we have to deal with that. But I'm just happy there's people like you doing commentary and news, getting the word out. 
And people, what we're doing right here, you know, we're doing what, what needs to be done. And we are the citizen journalism, you know. Um, and it's yes. great. I, I love that that me and you are still going and doing this with our shows, you know, and we kind of don't yes. get involved with the drama too much. We kind of stay clear from that and continue the work, which I love you about you to. and your show. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just happy for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, me too. And I think it shows a testament of why people are why we're here, why we've kept doing it. Because I do think people go in for all sorts of different reasons. And I've been like, why would they go into it? I do think people think they could jump into it and make make, make money. money. Yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> you know, like even with super chats, okay. But like I'm on live 20 times uh, a month. And my average is about like 180. That, that's what my payout is, which is awesome. Right. Like I'm like, sweet, right? But, but I mean, that's 40 hours. It's a lot 40, of work. Is that, that's 20 hours, 20 hours a month. Yeah, and that's a lot of work, and um, but it's worth it, and yeah. it's and it's fun to me. Um, but I do think people think they're just going to be getting like super chat or donation after donation, no. and I think they get into it and they realize it's not that way, and they give up, right? Because you just yep. see these shows and it's like, I got a super chat, I got a super chat, and it might seem like it's this big deal in the moment, but then when it, you know, <laughs> it's like, cool, you got five bucks for one show, yeah, right. like, yeah, thanks, man, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the joy, right? You're like, yes. Because you know, we still and you you do it too. You put money back into back into your content, right? right like I absolutely. do Photoshop. I'm trying to learn all these different Adobe programs. So I have the Adobe subscription. I have the StreamYard subscription. Just trying to constantly. I want to get these programs like how you have and be able to push it out to multiple different podcast networks. Yeah, you know, it costs money to push this out to it every does. possible platform. I mean, you gotta, it takes you gotta... energy. And technical skills, you know, like you, you gotta, it's, it's so hard. Yeah. And, and that don't include the, the internet bill and the computer you need and all that equipment, you know? So it's, yeah, it's so I'm still trying to get there with the internet. Like I'm still trying to get hardwired. I'm so close, right. you know, but yep. all that stuff, it's hard. It's difficult. Yes, it is. So we had another big thing happen this past week. Um, Corey Good, he was on trial. Um, I don't know exactly why. Uh, maybe you know, um, but some of the stuff that he was saying was um, pretty much stating that he was been lying the entire time. Um, do you know what he what exactly he's in trial for? So currently, he's in trial to protect his intellectual property of the trademarks Blue Avian Super Space Super Space. Not the secret space program and 20 and back. Um, so he's he basically he made all these movies like Above Majestic and the, the sequel to that. He also made this incredible, incredible uh, series of videos um, and, and shows on Gaia called I think it was Conscious Contact, but it was with David Wilcock, which is really when David Wilcock started to get his 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 stuff going right. um and basically they got started with gaia and according to Corey good it was their involvement with this show that just made gaia stock go up to the top right and then i think what happened when they were at the top they're doing great Gaia's doing great i think what happened is Corey wasn't getting the money he thought he deserved because he made gaia right in his mind the blue avians the secret space program 20 and back they made Gaia. I think this was his thing. So I think he was like, look, dude, I want more money to Gaia. And I think Gaia said no, right? And I think that's when all of it started to go down. So that's when Corey started to go to try to trademark Blue Avian Secret Space Program or 20 and back. So he went and he did that. And then Gaia and him broke up sort of, right? Then Gaia said, hey, we found this other guy. His name's, I don't know the guy's specific name, but I'm going to say Joe. His name's Joe, and he talks to Blue Avians, right? And he's done 20 and back, and he's been in the secret space program. And Corey Good was like, no, 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 I have the trademark. Next thing you know, lo and behold, Corey is suing all sorts of people that he worked on with these productions, asking for more money from the profits of all these things. So he is literally there for the money. Wow. And to get on the stand, 
he has to say that he's doing this, like all these stories he's made up are his intellectual property. And he has to do that, you guys, he has to. You know, it's not the truth, but he has to lie in this situation, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's true. And he, yeah, he's lying about if, if you're taking Corey Good's word for it, he's actively telling his followers that he lied um, about it being fiction on, on the stand and that he had to lie in order to not make them think he was crazy to believe in blue avians. But let's look on the flip side of this. What if Corey Good didn't want money? What if he didn't care? What if Corey Good wanted to tell everybody about how he met a blue avian extraterrestrial species? What if he could have had the guts to just go up there and explain his reality? Or did telling the truth shake him so much in his boots? Did saying, you know, to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, did that to so help me God while he put his hand on the Bible? Is that something that makes him shake, shake in his boots? I think so. That's a possibility, I yes. think he went up there and he told the truth. And that was the truth. He made it up in a meditation. And I think a lot of people, and he is like spiritual dude, obviously it's all about the 5d experience you know right and i think he went up there and i think he wanted his conscience to be clear and i think it was his one way to not be that one maybe window of truth we'll ever get from Corey good um you know because if you just look at what he says when he's up there as somebody wants money that somebody who's taking back years and years of years of saying that he hung out with blue avians, he was friends with them, he was awake, he was there with them, he was literally on the moon secretly. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe it was just that moment where they asked him to tell the truth. And how about throwing um how about throwing David Wilcox under the bus saying he made over four million dollars doing this? <laughs> yes, right. How about that? He disclosed amounts of money. He disclosed that he had he he got nine hundred thousand dollars from a blue avian class he did, and that Corey or that David Wilcox got that four million. That's a lot of freaking money, dude. Yeah. That's money worth going to court for. Nice house in America, about two hundred, <laughs> three hundred thousand. You know, an life. average standard of living. So you're telling me that Corey Good was able to buy three legit houses <laughs> i mean nine hundred thousand dollars like those are nice houses too yeah like, you know we're not like so we're talking about some serious money and if that was just so whatever you know and they're like we're not in it for the money uh all you got to do is go watch david wilcox like youtube streams oh my god I know. he is bringing in like three thousand dollars a stream crazy like what yeah it's just one he's right in front of those crystals and you know, that's fine. We just need to separate like this 5D experience into a whole other category. There needs to be like literal disclosure. Like, is this a 5D experience? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, because they're always trying to say like, it really happened. I was visualizing. I was there. Right. I felt it. Everything was sensory. And you're like, but was it like matrix sensory or was it like <laughs> reality sensory? you know and and that's where it gets tricky like if it's a 5d experience say that in the beginning it was a 5d experience i wish i could just go off i'm actually thinking about doing a parody video oh my god that'd because, be great yeah i think i'm gonna do a parody video where because you know my <laughs> my husband's never around in, in the streams or on it's really interesting because a lot of people have questions about it so i think i'm going to tell people that um Corey Goods, my husband, <laughs> and that he, and that I have my own, my own program. Um, and it's like, it was $11,111, but now it's on sale for $1,111. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> I just get all my crystals That'll out, be these great. blue back lighting, and just get some crazy <laughs> makeup on, and just be silly, you know, and then maybe even have like a link. I don't know, have a link in there somewhere to kind of pretend to go by but have it just be like you know a dummy joke or whatever yeah, 21 and back. I don't know. maybe rick roll them that'd be kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> by the course here and it's rick roll i think that's what i'll do that's christmasy 
That's great. That's awesome. That's a great I'm gonna, idea. I'm going to rickroll everyone. With Please this. do That's it. Great. I'll share it. And share it, and share I, it. I will. <laughs> I have to now just so we can all laugh and be happy. That's cool. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for coming on today. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. That's a thank great, you way to, great way to end it. <laughs> Oh my God! The spiritual, you, the Alien Girl One 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 spiritual course. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Who oh, knows? Awesome. I'll think of a cool name. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to um, tell everybody where they can follow you at? I did put your YouTube link in the description, and uh, do you want to tell them what other platforms they can follow you on? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Alien Girl One 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 is the YouTube channel name, also the Twitter name, also on TikTok, uh, Spotify, Twitch. So far, those are the big ones. So yeah, and uh, we go daily live Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we just have fun, talk about UFOs. And thanks so much for letting me come on your show. I always love talking with you. This has been such a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. And your show's doing absolutely amazing. I've seen how many followers you got now. Um, and everybody's loving the morning show. I think that was a great idea. So congratulations on that. <laughs> thank you man you too man we're gonna get you on the star team yeah we have to do that for sure <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thank you for coming on today amy um it was a blast and a pleasure and an honor um i want to thank everybody for listening to today's episode um we'll be back next week hopefully unless it's the holiday i know it is so we might not um but until next time remember to keep your eyes in the sky Well, I want to thank Alien Girl 111, Amy, for coming on the show today and having an amazing conversation about recent events going on in the field and sharing her uh, story about how she got into this field. Uh, it was a great time. We'll have to have her again on the f in the future. Um, and next week, we might have an episode, but due to the holidays, we might not. Um, if we do, it will be the MUFON Top Cases for the month of December, which is always a good episode. And due to you guys wanting it back, we're bringing that episode back at least once a month um, so that's exciting and for all you people that are listening and following us and have been supporting us everybody have a great holiday and a happy new year's and i hope you all have good health as well and until next time keep your eyes in the sky